Welcome to the Worldwide Golf Shops Insider Podcast, episode 302. Hello, everyone. Tom Brussel here. Thanks so much for joining us. So glad that you did. Whether this is your first time joining us, you're a frequent listener with every episode, or maybe somewhere in the middle. You've listened to a few, but you wanted to catch up today, and today is the day to catch up because we have the legend with us, the legend among wedges from Titleist Golf, joining us, Mr. Bob Vokey. Volk, thanks so much for joining us. It's a joy to have you with us. Hey, Tom, great to be here. You know me, anytime. I love, I love, I love to spread the wedge gospel. We Love do it. it. You and I do this uh, probably every year. We've done it for a long time, and it just it blows uh-huh. me away how you continue to keep doing this in uh, SM8. It's 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 fantastic from what I've seen so far. If you got some time, we can talk about that. Sure, love to talk about them. I'm, I'm really 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 happy you. Well, let's talk first about what you guys have done with the center of gravity on these clubs because it's really enhances performance. Share a little bit about that, vote. Yeah, you know. I'll go back. I'll go way back to maybe thirty, forty years ago. But my, my my days of of doing wedges was way back then. And I would I would just take. I had a whole bunch of players' wedges. So I collect, I was collecting wedges and certain players and certain certain looks and certain models. And I took a combination of all those models. I checked the I check all the all the parameters. You know the lofts, the lies, the uh, blade height, the par height, the flange width. You know at at the, at the toes, the heel, and and center line, you know, all those things, and bounces, and I just cut, put them all on paper, and I just, okay, here's this would be a good combination. I did it that way. You took the best players' wedges, and I just looked at them, and I found out, and I, I mean, center gravity, I used to be able to, for sake of fun stuff, back then, it was almost like balancing on my fingertip, you know, I held my finger up in the air, and said, there it is, there it is, it's right there, it's between the sets, that's old school, but then I had a little machine that I was able to balance it on, and I could be able to, a little, a little, it was a little lot of spring, and I'd be able to make a mark, and I find out where the wedge balances, and I mark it there. And that's what I went by. So I made everything to make sure that I didn't go too far away from that. It was they, they didn't have computers back then to tell you what, what you had to do. So then I would take it down, on, and and I, yeah, I did it all. I went down to a toolmaker, and we sit there, and I'd make a model, and I make measures, and then we started with a whole block of aluminum, and we start shaving. It was just a regular old lathe, you know, and he'd. He calls it the. Uh, I remember Jose Perez. He calls it the Mexican Sharanoa. We call it, which a Sharanoa is a big, big, like a full four-axis machine that they have now. But he, so he, we did it that way. Did it all by hand. And I come in and I would take. Let's take a little off there, a little off there, you know. And and uh, and we get it. And then we can think. Boom. Then we send it to a. Then we make a tool for it. And uh, away it goes. Go back to the process and the casting process, and we were able to repeat it. But now. You can do it on a computer. I can put all this information into a computer, and they can exactly tell me, hey, Bob, there's a center of gravity. Oh, right, look at that. Well, now then, then we had some real, I'd say, we've got some good, I call them brainiacs, you know, younger guys, and they say to me, Volk, if we, we take the center, we moved it a little bit, you know, we can, we can really do something. You know, I said, oh, okay. So show me what it can do. And I said, okay, if I was ever, I always thought, on the say the the forty six through fifty two that if you had the weight a little higher up on toward the toe it would knock the ball down. No, that really didn't do that. We found out by moving it down lower behind the impact position of the ball. 
If you put the ball on the ground, the wedge on the ground, and right behind the impact position, that's where we found it was able to lower the trajectory. And by doing so, we gained about oh, a mile and a half to two, two miles club at speed, which equated to about oh, three to four yards. And because that was one of the things that I found out when I did them, when I did my series uh, 200s and 300s, the ball was coming up a little short on the 46 to, to the 50. And, you know, so we said, okay. So he proved that we were able to do it by, I said, okay, that was an SM6. Then we went further, then along comes SM7, and we modified a couple other little things, added the weight a little bit back, and we're able to, as a result, gained a little bit more playability in all different areas. And I said, oh, God, and I was moving it back. So anyway, the two things that we did, <laughs> as you can, <laughs> I'm rambling on. No, no, that's great. <laughs> the two things, a couple of things that we did, you know, you, you moved, first off, we worked by moving the CG up and down. Then, then we worked by moving it in a sevens out a little bit and back more. But we found by moving it back, we found there was some, sometimes on certain shots, there was what we call a, you know, it, it, there was a dynamic loft at impact. So inconsistent strikes. So by moving the forward CG forward a bit, we found out by, if we moved it forward out in front of the face, what it did, it minimized the dynamic loft, you know, at impact. So the wedges were struck with a more consistent, you know, with an intended true loft. You know, we, it's hard to explain, but this was explained to me. And I said, okay, I got it. We showed the all this motion capture and robot testing that we did. And then I take, of course, they said, give it to me. I'll take it to the tour. And I take it to the tour. And I, I, then I return test it with players. And they say, Bob, yeah, this is what I'm doing. I like it better. And I had Jimmy Walker test it. I never remember Jeff Ogle, the awesome, awesome wedge player. And the first words he said to me, that's Las Vegas. Let's go back when SM6 is in seventh. He says, this is a game changer. These are game changers. And it was, it was phenomenal. That's how we went. So we found out by taking what we learned in six, taking what we learned in seven, and then further improving it on with the eight. Again, they had to prove it to me. So they find if we'd moved it forward, and if you look, they show me a, a, a drawing, was actually the CG was out forward of the face. It was, it was I said, wait a second, that's out there? No, no, here, we, we can get that out there. The furthermost part was a, the hosel. So we lengthened the hosel, and then by lengthening the hosel, but what happened there, it'll move the MOI a little, a little closer to the heel. So we said, no. So we put a little bit of tungsten out in the toe. And what that does, it, it actually increased the MOI by about 7%. It ends up generating a heck of a lot more stability at impact. You know, and, and, and forgive this. And the whole thing we found out by doing those couple things, we found we improved distance and trajectory control. You know, and that was also for better feel and increased stability, you know, as I just mentioned. And then the thing, and the thing most, a lot of players say to me, folk, did you change the metal on these sledges? I said, no. They feel softer. And why they're softer is because we, we improved by putting the CG again behind the impact position of where the ball strikes. You know, if you can visualize a 46 is such an angle, you know, then you turn all the way, go through a 62, you get more of a bleakness. And as a result, the center of gravity impact position moves further up the face, going up towards the top line. So as a result, we we had to change change the CG to stay consistent with it up and down and also between heel and toe. 
and all that was explained to me. And and uh, when I did it about a year ago, particularly on eighth, I took it out on uh, Riviera, not Riviera just passed, but eighth <laughs> before. I had nine players. I had an SM7, had it had it blacked off in the back with tape. You couldn't see it. And then I had the SM, the new SM8, and I had. Real, real players are real, not real, real, I call them guys who I, I felt considered were good field players. So I took it to them, and there's nine of them, and eight of them picked the, the I call it A or B. A was seven, B was a new SMA prototype, and eight of the nine picked B. I go, wait a second, I said, I kept shaking my head, and then... Then, I, then of course, the other one that was, didn't take it, he said he couldn't tell the difference. I said, so that's so that was a win situation too. So I said, okay, guys, let's go with it. And that was like, like you know, a year ago. Then we finally bottled it all up, and this is what we're in the market right now. So we do continue to continue testing. And you know what? Why? How I get the feedback on each series I've done forever? What did the last series do? I'll go back all the way to series two hundred and series two hundred to the SM ones, twos, threes, fours, fives. We try to improve all the way along, and every time. And how do we improve? Players, tour players, you know, because I, I said, I said many, 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 many years ago, I'll never forget, I got this saying from Hale and In fact, I saw him last week. It was great seeing him again up at Tucson. And anyway, uh, he said, I'll never forget it. I was at Texas Brand X, their company. I made him a driver, and i never forget he's a playoff of Westchester. And the driver worked with the shaft. He went in the playoff, and he blew it dead right. He lost in the playoff. The phone rang. Monday morning, he said, Volk, I need a shaft that's going to play on the backside Sunday afternoon. And I said the same thing with my wedges. I, I want wedges that, you know, on a, when the nerves are there and adrenaline's in there and all that is going, that's when the wedge has to work on the backside Sunday afternoon. So if this is the players will tell me. We, we got them out now, the SM8s, and I'm going to talk to all the players for the next year because we've got two years to improve to SM9. It's going to talk to all these players. They'll tell me all the little nuances that I see. And if I see one repeating nuance from the feedback that Aaron's going to give me, you know, Aaron, Kevin, and Ron, then I say, okay, let's take a look at it. Well, how can we improve? Go from there. And that's, that was basically, in a, in a nutshell, as far as the CG. But, you know, you know, I hope I'm not talking too much. You know, just... Absolutely not. No, no, no. No, no. <laughs> no but what you, you what you said was so important. You took a year ago uh, an yeah. SM7 and an SM8. And the 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 best players in the world are trying no, it. Riviera. They don't know which one is which, and they tell you. Nope. And eight of the nine go to the SM. Go, go to whatever a brand X and brand B or whatever. Brand X. They go the right one. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And it was great, and they hit a variety of shots, you know, just falls, halves, chips, pitches, bunkers, all the different little shots that I like to see them hit, you know, and, and, yeah. it, and it, it was great. And uh, and ironically, if I tell you something, you know, I, I we're already working on SN9s right now, but as we get the feedback from players, you know, we have a pretty good idea which way we're going to go, and now we're getting feedback. So it'll take another another year to finalize everything. But all the testing and everything we have to do. Voke, you and I talked before uh, before we came on, and the wedge or the wedges are the one set of clubs in the bag 
that a, 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 an amateur player, a normal player, I would call it, is going to play with the ex- could play with the exact same clubs exactly. as a tour player. You can't really yep. say that about a, a driver or something like that. No, but they might. But it's not that simple because you don't want to just grab those clubs because not, somebody has them. Talk, what talk about the importance yeah, of being fit happens, for these. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like. I, I always say you got to avoid somebody walking into their pro shop or into the the. the uh, Discount stores. It's looking at a in a play and just grabbing a wedge. I want that. No, that's not it. I think, you know, I'll say one time we have been fitting a bad fit <laughs> with a wedge is will hurt, will harm a player just as much as a good wedge can improve that player. You know, so I always try to say, when I go and see your fitter. I always like to say, go see your title. Go go to Titus Fitting Days. It's so important to be fit because you know, and I think every. Guys get fit for drivers, irons, fairways, but you know there's only a small percentage, so maybe seventeen, eighteen percent of the players we go by all the surveys that were taken who get fit for wedges. I said, John, and that's your scoring club. The players we work or we're talking about, I call it the avid golfer. You know, he it's maybe you know five greens around, six greens around, around. How much time does he, do he have opportunity to get up, up up and down if he's fit for the right loft, grind, bounce? All those different things. So important for the different types of shot conditions that he may have. A, he encounters at his course. You know, may have fir, firm sand, firm fairways. You know, may get away with a little, a little less bounce. But right. you know, and sometimes you got the pot bunkers. You got greens that are narrow greens, big greens. All these different things that a player takes he's got to take that into consideration when he's being fit with a wedge and i think a lot of players you know they i'm a firm believer in and anywhere between four to six degrees i think four to six degrees is a good number and i that equates to probably 10 to 15 yards if you can keep it in there in there you're doing well so i think a lot of people don't really know how far they hit their wedges and they have may have big gaps. They have twenty, thirty yard gaps, and they say, "Oh, I can cover that. I can, I can jump on this, or I can back off on this." Boy, those are tough shots to hit. And once you can fill that gap with another wedge, I'm, and I'm not trying to sell wedges. I'm trying to help the player improve the score because that's that's what we play for. You know, that's what, that's what we do. And I think that's and they, and and you want to do it with with fun. You know, this game is supposed to be fun. It's a frustrating game. But boy, it's supposed to be fun, and this is what we try to instill by using the proper wedges. You know, and you get players out there trying to hit that guy. He's trying to hit that 300-yard drive, and he doesn't have the physical ability to do that. But you know what he does have? He does have the physicality to inside 100 yards to save some shots, get up and down. And funny what's going to happen? His putting is going to improve also. So it's, and then he'll enjoy the game. Absolutely. You know, your tagline at Titleist that you use with this is know your letter to hit your and hit your number. Know, know the letter of the grind. No, you, you told me this in 2006, I believe it was. You, you asked me, are you a digger or are you a slider? You know, it's kind of what you're doing with, with the grinds. Yeah. Know what you find out from a fitter what your letter is and you'll have a better That's chance exactly. of hitting of hitting your number, you know. Yeah, you know, and you're going to hit all the different shots. I digger and slider. That's just a, just a, 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 a maybe a slang term for, for somebody who swings more upright or somebody who's very very shallow. You know, the picker picker of the balls. You know, but you still, still, you still need bounce. So you have to know your course conditions that you can help with the, 
fitter that you're fitting, you know, and that fitter is going to help you by looking at your swing type. And he says, well, I travel different courses. Well, you know what I have. You know that swing that you have, that, that swing that travels with you. You may turn on some tour players can alter it, but you boy, when you when you that swing, I I like to fit to the swing. Look at that player, you know, he's an upright swinger. Boy, I like to favor a little bit more bounce. You know, if he's if he's shallow picker, maybe favor a little less bounce, but still have bounce. And if I had to put them all, the best fit goes back to when I first started fitting and playing. I always like a sand wedge that's maybe a little higher bounce and a lob wedge that's a little lower bounce. That way they give you more flexibility for the type of lies that you may encounter. You've got two, you got two clubs in, but if you have a high bounce, high bounce, you may not be able to hit that little shot on a little tight lie on the occasion that you have the tight lie. Or if you're in a bunker, you're in a pot bunker, you've got to get it up quick, you know. The, 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 that, that particular case, I say, sandwich is one of the most important clubs in your bag. You can hit sandwich. Hey, Tom, you remember hey, hey, when, you, when you grew up, you only had a sandwich. You hit every shot. You either so, opened yeah. it up and flopped it or you closed it down. And you made and it work. It yeah, that's all you had. You yeah. made it work. Now, now I think a lot, of, a lot of players, even younger players, they automatically default to the lob wedge, you know. And I think it's good, but you better practice a heck of a lot with that club. You know, you got to <laughs> so get the confidence and put the nice swing on it all the time, you know, because – if you don't, it's it's tough. The more the more angle you have, I call it, the more bleakness the strike is. And well, you got to be able to judge that, you know. And I found that a lot of average avid players they're inconsistent with their distance because of the inconsistency of the strike on on because of the obliqueness, you know. So they're one time they hit it 40 yards, another time 50 yards, and the same type of strike, but they're striking a little inconsistent on the face. But I always say, but they can have a higher bounce, maybe a little lower bounce, you know, lob wedge, you know, just and use it just when you have to use it. Oh, that's that's my feeling. And of course, I like to say, as I said, four to six degrees. If you can get that gap, I think you can you can avoid those lot of those in between dreaded half shots. They're tough. Well, Voke, hey, congratulations again on doing it doing it one more time. This SM8 line is fantastic. Thank thanks so much. Yep for your time with us. Thanks so much for helping make the game enjoyable for all of us. And as we close this episode out, how about just a little piece of advice from Bob Vokey at the uh, Titleist? I, my, what I would like to really, really, really strongly recommend with wedges, please go get fit. Preferably buy a Titleist fitter because, you know, I might be a little prejudiced, but I've helped work with the majority of the of our tightest fitters out there, and they un, they understand, and they do a very good job. And I guarantee you, be so I mean, go get fit for your wedges. If you put the wrong wedge, and you're, you're, you're it, that can hurt you more. You then you then just as much as a good wedge can improve your game. You know, it's it's just, and you know the funny part about it, hit them. And I like to say something. I always, and you, and you'll be able to choose the wedge that matches your technique for your type of course condition. But you know what I think is really neat? I don't think so. I think that wedge is going to choose you. Does that make any sense to you? Absolutely. It's going to choose you. <laughs> You'll know right away when you hit that wedge. It'll pop up. It happened. And it's a funny thing, Tom, I did a little, I did a little uh, seminar in uh, Denmark last year. And I'm talking about, you go out there, you'll be able to choose the wedge that's going to work for you. We had about six different type shot locations. And the 
an older gentleman come up to me and he said, Bob, I want to I want to say something. I said, you're not going to choose the wedge. The wedge will choose you. And I said, doggone it. I, I'm going to use it. And here I am, Tom. I'm using it right now. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. And you know what? You will have that aha moment in the fitting. And like you said, that wedge it's a moment. will choose you. You bet. Hey, Voke, thanks so much, man. It's always great okay. to catch up. I hope to, hope to catch up with you soon in person. Take care. Okay. All right. Super. Okay, Tom. Cheers. Well, there you have it. Straight from Bob Vokey. Let that wedge find you. Let that wedge find you in the fitting process. Don't just go in and grab them off the rack. Take some time. Get fit for the right SM8 wedges for your game and not just one wedge. The best players in the world carry multiple wedges, up to four. You should look at them too. Again, SM8 from Titleist, all new from Titleist Golf. Special thanks again to Bob Vokey and Jeremy Stone for putting us together with Bob and to your listeners. We'll do it again next time. We have another episode of the Worldwide Golf Shops Insider Podcast here at WorldwideGolfShops.com. So long, everyone.